Welcome to episode 567 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard, and this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. It's another week where it's just me. I'm hoping to get a special guest lined up for the next episode, though, so that it's not just me. I know. Uh, Everybody appreciates having a little bit more back and forth on these shows, and we are going to be without Richard both this week and next week. He should be back uh, the the following week, though. Okay, we don't have any feedback to get into tonight. If you'd like to send us some feedback for a future show, you can do that by emailing entertainment20 at thedigitalmediazone.com. So let's get right into the news. Again, it should be a fairly short show tonight. Not a ton of news here to cover, but some interesting stories nonetheless. So let's start with Philo. Philo is a service that we haven't really talked that much about in the past, but they are another live, you know, live TV streaming service similar to YouTube TV, Sling TV, Hulu with Hulu plus live TV. It's one of those types of services. And the news here is that this cable replacement type service is the third such service to be fully integrated into the live tab on Google TV and Android TV devices that have the newer Google TV based operating system. So NVIDIA Shield is definitely one of those devices that, that has that plus the Google TV with Chromecast and a few other devices out there. So what that means is you've got this live section that basically just gives you the guide that you would expect to use if you opened up the Philo app. But now it's basically just baked right into the main dashboard of the Google TV interface. If if you're not very familiar with, with Philo TV, well, it could be an interesting service for you. They've got over 60 channels from A&E, Discovery, Viacom, CBS, Hallmark, and it's only $25 a month, which makes it one of the cheapest services available in, in this class. Certainly way cheaper than things like YouTube TV or Hulu with live TV. There are a couple of drawbacks though. If you're looking for sports, don't go to Philo. If you're looking for live news, don't go to Philo. They don't have ESPN. They don't have Fox Sports. They don't have CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. None of those stations are available on Philo. Think back to that list, A&E, Discovery. So you're getting things like Food Network, TLC, you know, all of those Hallmark channels. There's some music channels. You've got a couple of BET offerings, a couple of, of MTV offerings. but Basically, there's not a lot of, you know, typical live TV type stuff that I think a lot of people are going for with these types of services that they wouldn't normally get from one of the many other over-the-top services that are more video-on-demand, like Hulu or maybe Discovery Plus, you know, things like that, which Discovery Plus, you're going to be able to get most of this content over on the Discovery Plus service just as video-on-demand. So with no sports, no live news, it kind of feels like the live TV service for people who don't need live TV. I, I 
can't say that I fully get this. You know, if you want most of this content, it's available on demand. I don't know why you need a live service for most of the stuff that they're offering. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're looking at this channel list and thinking, but Josh, I have to watch this show the night that it comes out. I just don't see uh, many shows that would fit into these particular channels. So I I don't know. You let me know. Uh, It's always nice to have that extra integration into Google TV. I just am not so sure that there are going to be that many people that are that excited about Philo having that service uh, built in to Google TV. But you let me know. One service that needs no introduction, of course, is Netflix. And they've rolled out a few new features for mobile users, a couple for Android, a couple for iOS. So first up, Android is getting the play something feature that's been available on TVs for a while. This is basically Netflix shuffle. So you open up your Android app and there's going to be a button available. Actually, no, it's not a button. If you scroll way down, like it's literally a dozen rows down for a lot of people, there will be a play something button. What does it do if you don't remember or if you've never used it on a TV? It's basically just going to find something that it thinks you're going to want to watch based on your previous viewing habits and start playing it for you. Like I said, it's been available on TV for a a few months live streaming, you're not live, you know, streaming services on like Roku and Android TV, Apple TV, those types of, of services have had play something for a while now. It's now on Android. It's coming to iOS soon. It's actually kind of crazy to see features like this launching on Android before iOS being an Android guy. I'm kind of happy about that. Next up, Fast Laughs. This is a feature that's actually already on iOS, so it works out both ways here for for Android fans. So Fast Laughs is basically just a highlight reel of really funny clips from Netflix originals. It sounds like a service that's really trying to cater to the TikTok crowd because it's just, you know, a bunch of little clips and stuff. This is obviously not for me. I'm not into TikTok. I don't have a TikTok account and I don't really watch all that much funny stuff with maybe the exception of Ted Lasso. So definitely not for me, but maybe it is for you. Maybe it's more for the teenagers in your family. I'm not sure. And then the last mobile feature, uh, this one is for iOS, is Downloads for You. That's the name of it. Downloads for You. This is coming to iOS this month, this is a feature that's already on Android. So we keep going back and forth here on on what's where and who got it first. But downloads for you, I think is a pretty nifty feature where basically you've got some shows that you've been downloading onto your mobile device so that you can watch maybe while you're on the bus or the train or a plane or you're going on a a, a long trip and you just want to have some some shows to watch on your tablet or your phone. Well, this starts to figure out what is it that you're going to want to download. And it just downloads a few episodes for you ahead of time so that if you forgot to download the next couple of episodes, they're already there. You don't have to manage this for yourself. 
this is a really great feature. Like this is, you know, as as we've been talking over the last 10 years, uh, talking about the smart home and things like that, this is smarts that are actually useful. It means that I, the user, don't have to remember, oh yeah, I wanted to download a few more episodes of that show before I go on this trip. The app is smart enough to do it for me. So again, that's called Downloads for You, and that's coming to iOS later this month. It's already on Android. Next up is a new feature coming to YouTube, and this is one that I would definitely love to hear some feedback on. So here's the idea. You're watching a YouTube video on your phone, but you're not able to finish it. Or ideally, really, maybe you think, okay, I want to watch this video on a bigger screen than my phone. So I'm going to, you might expect me to finish that sentence by saying, go to my TV and watch it there. No, that's not what this feature is. There's already ways to do that. This feature instead is to pick up where you left off on a computer in your web browser. So the idea is you start watching a video, you exit out of the app, you open up YouTube in your browser, and in theory, in the bottom right-hand corner is a little mini player that will allow you to pick up right where you left off. I say in theory because I haven't actually seen it work. I tried it for myself a few times. Apparently, this is one of those features that's kind of slowly rolling out to users, and I'm apparently not one of the cool kids who got access to this feature earlier than others. But as I was thinking more about this new feature, I wondered, who is this targeted at? Because I I think, like, I view desktop PCs nowadays as machines that just aren't nearly as commonly used by normal people. I, of course, use one all day long for work, but I'm not typically going to be watching a YouTube video on my phone that I want to then go watch on my computer while I'm working. Am I missing a use case here? You know, and and when I'm when it's after work, well, frankly, after work, I don't spend much time on this computer unless it's podcast night. But even if that were the case, I can't think of that many situations where I'm going to want to take that video and move it to my desktop. And I probably use a desktop computer far more often than a lot of typical YouTube users. So I'm real curious to see who this is for, who's actually going to use it, what's the specific use case for this, because I'm struggling to come up with it. All right, one more video story here, and I find this one a little bit confusing also. So for a long time, there has been an over-the-top news service, news streaming service called Newsy. It's live news that's been available as mobile apps. It's been available as smart TV apps, uh, uh, channels inside of other live video streaming services. You know, we keep going back to like YouTube TV and Sling and things like that. It used to be available in those places. And now it's not in quite so many of them. Actually, back in June, they started removing Newsy from a lot of those paid TV services. And that was in preparation for what they launched at the beginning of this month, which is 
for them to start offering Newsy as an over the air channel. Yeah, you heard that right. Over the air, like with your antenna on your television, not over the top through your Roku. I can't think of another service that went from being an over the top service to over the air. It's just a really interesting transition that I think, but it could, like, it sounds like they think that it's going to offer them even more eyeballs because there are millions and millions and millions of people with antennas hooked up to their TVs. But there's even more people with Roku's and Apple TVs and Google TVs and mobile phones and, and things like that. And it seems like the service is being pulled down from some of those types of use cases in favor of just watching it live over the air for free. Now, now that's one of the great things about this is it's for free because everything over the air is available for free as opposed to having this be a channel that's included with Sling. I just find it kind of an odd transition. Now, if you've been watching it on other devices, it hasn't disappeared from everywhere. The, the, one of the places that I checked is Plex. So we've talked a lot in the past about Plex being one of the many services out there that offers live TV streaming as a streaming service that's 100% ad supported. And so if you open up the Plex app in a browser on your computer right now and scroll almost all the way to the bottom, that's where they have all the news channels, You'll find Newsy, it's still there, it still works. But if you're a YouTube TV subscriber, it's not there. It hasn't been there since like the end of June. So kind of a weird transition. If you're curious and you are someone who has an antenna and you're regularly watching things over the air, and the one thing that you've missed by cutting the cord and only having antenna is having a good live news channel option then Newsy is probably worth checking out for you, especially if you're really fed up with how so many of the major live TV, you know, cable TV type news channels have gotten very, very opinionated. They claim to be opinion free, that they're just giving you the news and letting you make the decisions. They're not making up your mind for you. And they're offering 17 hours of daily news coverage. So if you're looking for for live news over the air, this is probably the place to get it. And it's available on tons uh, of stations in, in tons of markets across the entire U.S. Even for me in the Toledo, Ohio region, it's already available. So there's a decent chance that it's available for you also. So head on over to newsy.com and you can select your state and see all of the stations that are carrying it. Now for me, it is on uh, a sub channel of my local Fox affiliate. So my Fox affiliate is 36.1. Newsy is 36.6. I didn't even know that any of my channels had six sub channels, but apparently for Newsy, that's where it is. So again, I think Newsy sounds like a really good offering. It's something that 
uh, I, if I can remember to, I'm going to go and, and check it out when I'm looking for something. Normally, my go-to uh, as a cord cutter is to just go to one of my streaming devices, whether that's my phone, uh, a web browser, or an app on my Xbox or Android TV, and that's to open up CBS News. I've found CBS News coverage to be pretty good. It doesn't seem like it's horrendously biased in, in one direction or the other. I'm sure there would be people that would disagree with me on that, but it, it seems pretty decent. Uh, but but Newsy might might be another competitive source. Moving on to a couple of gaming stories. This first one is short and sad. Uh, Xbox chief Phil Spencer, he was giving some interviews over the last week because TGS, the Tokyo Game Show, happened last week. It's basically like E3, but in Japan. And one of the things that he talked about during one of the many interviews that he gave was, you know, he was, of course, asked about supply chain issues. It is still incredibly difficult to walk into a store and find an Xbox Series X or a Series S, although the Series S is a little bit easier to find, but it's darn near impossible to buy an Xbox Series X, even though it's been out for almost a year. It came out in November of 2020, same time as the PS5. Both of them are basically impossible to get right now. And he said, due to supply chain issues, and he's not just talking about the chip shortage, it's all sorts of other supply chain issues, other shortages and things, just manufacturing and supply chain issues across the board. They say will impact production of Xbox consoles well into 2022. Now he didn't go into any specific dates. He didn't give. A, he didn't even narrow it down to like a specific quarter of the year or anything like that. But considering that earlier in the year, Nvidia said that they expect having issues getting video cards into consumers' hands for the vast majority of 2022. This could be a problem going into this time next year, is what it seems. So, like, I, I really kind of feel bad for people who didn't do what it took to be able to pre order one of these consoles because that was probably the easiest way to get one. And now, if you're not willing to pay a scalper, it is not easy to get one. And it doesn't look like there's going to be any relief for that anytime soon. Our last news story of the show is from Netflix. And I know what you're thinking Josh, you said this is the gaming segment. It is. And that's because while Netflix has been talking for months about being very serious about getting into the gaming space, they they actually got a little more serious recently. They purchased a game studio. The studio is called Night School. And it's not, you know, this isn't a huge AAA studio. This is definitely more of an indie studio. But they've made some good games. They made Oxenfree and they made a game called After Party which released day one on Xbox Game Pass back in November of 2019. Oxenfree, I believe, is also on Game Pass right now, if you're an Xbox subscriber. This company makes games that are very narrative-driven. I've played Oxenfree. I've really enjoyed it. It had a really cool kind of spooky teen coming-of-age story. It was fun. I mean... Listeners of the show know that I, I'm into to narrative driven games. And 
narrative driven makes sense for a company like Netflix to buy. Like it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for Netflix to go out and buy studios that are like cranking out sports games or racing games or just, you know, narrative thin first person shooters, right? Narrative driven games make sense for Netflix to buy because what I would expect to happen here is for Netflix to say, okay, you've got some good writing talent in this studio. I bet we could use some of that talent to take some of this media across our different media platforms. So maybe, you know, they're they're still working on Oxenfree 2. Maybe they also start working with some TV or film producers to make an Oxenfree TV show or an Oxenfree movie. Maybe it even just ends up being like shorts that are are really just there as like more of a uh, a marketing tool to get people to play the next Oxenfree game. There's a lot of different directions they could go, but picking up Night School Studios seems like a pretty good move in the right direction. It's not too big of a studio, but it's still a studio that's won a bunch of awards for games like Oxenfree and After Party. So I'm I'm excited to see where they go with this. It it sounds like they're still continuing to work on Oxenfree 2. So they're probably not going to stop making games. That That's good. But I'm also curious to see what they're going to do outside of gaming to, to expand what Night School has to offer. It obviously wouldn't be the first gaming video content available on Netflix. They've made an original series based around Castlevania and The Witcher already. So it, this seems like it makes a whole lot of sense for both Netflix and for Night School. All right, well, that's it for the news tonight. So we get to talk about what's been going on in my entertainment center. I would love to know what Richard's been watching and can't wait to find out in a couple of weeks. But for me, a little bit of TV. We are all caught up on Ted Lasso. Man, it is such a good show. I did get that. That does mean that I got to the episode that most people hated. And maybe hated is a little bit strong, a little bit of an exaggeration, although probably not. Uh, it, it seems like most people did hate the, I think it was called Beard After Dark episode. I didn't love it. I definitely think it was the worst episode of Ted Lasso, but considering every other episode of Ted Lasso has been phenomenal, there had to be a bad one eventually, right? And it's not like it was unwatchable or incredibly boring or anything like that. It just, it didn't have most of the normal things that you love about a Ted Lasso episode, or at least not as much of the things that you love about a typical Ted Lasso episode. But the the rest of the season, I think has been really good. Anthony in the chat says Ted Lasso season one was better than season two. I'm not entirely sure I agree with that. There's been some really, really great character development in season two. I. I think I mentioned last week that I absolutely adore Roy Kent, uh, his character in the show. I've really come to love what they've done with Rebecca and with Keely and and even with Jamie Tart of all people. Like I, I really like what they're doing with with the characters in this, and what they're starting to do at the very end of season two is taking the show to a place where it 
I don't know. I was going to say where it's never really been. I guess that's not entirely true, but maybe from a person you wouldn't expect. I'm not going to give any more spoilers. That's That maybe was already getting a little too spoilery for some of you out there. But man, if you are not watching Ted Lasso yet, now is the time to get in. Go get your, your Apple TV subscription trial and just binge through uh, all of Ted Lasso season one and season two. Uh, I think there's only one more episode. Maybe there's two more episodes left and they release weekly. So within the next two weeks, we should have all of season two available and then you can binge the rest of it. It's so good. So good. So that's the show that Richard and half of the internet convinced me to get Apple TV plus to watch. But the other show that Richard wanted me to check out and he thought that I would love is called for all mankind and this is a another drama but it's an alternative history drama so the idea here is it takes place at least it starts in 1969 but instead of neil armstrong an american being the first one to land on the moon the russians beat us to it so the the show focuses around a few astronauts and, and other people who work for nasa I watched the first episode. I liked it. I didn't love it. I hope that it's going to pick up. I'm definitely going to give it a few more episodes because this is the sort of content that I love. You know, I I grew up loving, you know, space stuff and and you know, wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid like so many kids, I I think, especially people my age. So, it should be right there right up my alley. I'm hoping it's going to get a little bit more interesting in the next couple of episodes because you know like it it made it to a season two so it seems like it must have gotten even better but you know one thing that i've really noticed between these two shows is apple tv they've brought their a game when it comes to getting really quality production done on these shows the shows look fantastic so You've at least got that going for you. <laughs> so uh, grab your subscription to Apple TV Plus if you don't have it already. Check out Ted Lasso. Maybe check out uh, For All Mankind. And I don't think you'll be disappointed, at least in Ted Lasso. As far as playing games, really all I played was a little bit of NHL and a little bit of Call of Duty. This time, instead of just the uh, Black Ops Cold War multiplayer. We played some Warzone, the the free version of, of Call of Duty, because we had three of our normal people instead of four of our normal people. And our favorite mode in Warzone is a three-player mode called Plunder. So played a little bit of that. Typically have a lot of fun with that. That was not any different this time around. Uh, but nothing really new to speak of yet. NHL 22 comes out next week. Uh, Back for Blood comes out next week, I think it is. So definitely some new games on the horizon coming soon for me. Although NHL 22, it's not really that different from NHL 21. It's still just going to be me playing hockey the same as I've been doing for the last, well, as long as there have been NHL video games, which I think means back to 1993. Yeah, a long, long time. All right. Well, that does it for what's been going on in my entertainment center. And that means that that's, that does it for this entire episode. 
If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter. Richard is at Richard Gunther. I'm at Josh Pollard, and the website is at DigiMediaZone. We're in other places. We've got other ways of contacting us. To find all of them, head on over to our website at www.thedigitalmediazone.com. Follow us on Twitch also. You can find the live show over there. We will typically tweet on the nights that it's going to happen, but that's normally Tuesday nights around 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Once once you find us on Twitch, make sure you subscribe so that you'll be notified when it happens, but we'll tweet so that you can get that extra notification and some heads up beforehand. Also, come join the live show, join the chat. It's always a lot more fun having people in the chat room to share in the discussion of the latest news with us. Well, until then, that's going to do it for episode 567. I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios.